Hi, I'm Megan. I'm Colin, and this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional. An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Time to Pet and Pet Perennials. Jen Adamo and Christina Rinaldi are two twin sisters in pet care. Today we discuss how they've learned and grown together to solve problems and meet their clients' needs. Jen and Christina share their experiences hiring and managing staff and what it's like learning from our own mistakes. They talk about giving grace and understanding issues will happen while supporting your team. We also discuss the importance of learning from others and a little bit about sibling rivalry. Let's get started. Thank you so much for having us. Um, My name is Christina. Um, I run the Scruffy Puppy in Monmouth County. Hi, I'm Jen and I own Jen's Happy Pets. And I provide care to Hunterdon County and just a little bit of Warren County in New Jersey. And if people are listening to you going, oh, uh, your voices sound very similar. It's because both of you are, you're, you're in fact twins in pet care. We are. We are womb mates. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you both find yourselves at running pet care and dog walking businesses? Well, I do believe that we've always had a real passion for animals. Um, from the time that we were small children, we were always playing with the neighborhood cats and, you know, playing with the frogs in the creek. And just as we grew up um, around various horse farms and we did a lot of volunteering at the shelters and, um, you know, at therapeutic riding with the handicapped, we really had um, a great ability to learn from other people. And, um, you know, and we just realized how much we absolutely loved caring for for animals of all kinds. I mean, we've pretty much taken care of anything from goats to ducks, hamsters, horses, yeah. dogs, cats, pretty much everything in between. Yeah, for sure. We've, we've so, definitely nursed a lot of uh, sick kittens and, <laughs> and yeah, little birds that fall out of trees. But yeah, both of us have had many different uh, volunteer opportunities or jobs where we have worked with animals of all kinds. So yeah, it just made sense that the two of us both got into the pet care industry, for sure. Jen, I, I know you have um, background and experience in an animal hospital setting. And Christina, you have experience with with groomers and, and have experience with, with that side of the business. How, how do your backgrounds in those influence how you run your businesses today? Oh, boy. Well, you know, I would say just the overall experience of having so many years working with animals, whether it be me working, you know, in the, the veterinary field, uh, as assistant uh, to to any kind of surgeries or emergencies, and and Chris uh, doing you know grooming and whatever else she was doing, just the many years combined of doing all these different things has just allowed us to really be able to read the animals. Um, we we can read them, we can anticipate if there's going to be a um, a problem if the dog is nervous. Uh, we can also anticipate any issues that may arise. And we know the questions to ask. If we go into a client's home and we're meeting them for the first time, it's not just, hey, where's the leash? You know, uh, it's it, those important questions like, you know, is your dog, uh, you know, going to bolt if they see, uh, you know, another dog? You know, do we have to make sure that the, the collars are tight, uh, you know, or is there any issues with bee stings or, or anything like that? So, so essentially just all of those experiences have allowed us to have such a, a, a great um, understanding, understanding of the needs of the needs of pet care. Um, and the needs of our clients. Yeah, absolutely. You know, make sure that those animals are well taken care of and preventative measures um, oh, in place to you know prevent any issues or problems from happening. Yeah. yeah, I love how you started off by talking about just knowing what to look for. And I think those kind of skills really go overlooked a lot of times of just being observant of the pets in our care, um, both during the meet and greets and how they're interacting with their owners. And then whenever we're there, you know, a lot of times we're with the pets every single day or with, we're with them really frequently. And, and it's on us to be looking for small, subtle changes that an owner may overlook. Uh, and then that next step is we, we've got to communicate with the, with the owner about things that we're seeing and how things are changing. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. There's many times that 
the owners don't know that something that we're noticing and pointing out, like whether it be a small lump on the dog that may need to be checked out or, you know, something looks a little funky with the eye. Uh, but, you know, and because we both have a decent uh, background and experience, we're able to provide a lot of insight to owners, whether or not this is something that's concerning or it's just maybe an old age type of a, a deal, you know. How do you communicate those things to a client? Let's say you come in, you find a, do- you, a dog and you notice a, a lump developing on it. What kind of wording or what kind of way do you tell a client that you've seen something that might be off, but you, you're not sure? Um, well, you know what? I definitely love to have a phone call with my clients if it's something that I feel um, warrants a phone call. Um, so it really depends upon the situation. Um, if it's a lot of times, even the client will reach out to me and say, hey, you know, there's a little lump. Can you take a look at it? And even while I'm there at the pet visit, I will take a look at it and send pictures and, and let the client know what they can do for it. Um, in my own experience, rather than even taking the animal to the vet for something that I'm very well aware will go away on its own or just needs a little of this or a little bit of that. Um, but we do also have the wonderful time to pet software. So ourselves, as well as our uh, staff are able to send out, you know, beautiful pictures and, um, and text message updates yeah. to the client and, and let the clients know, you know, what's going on with their pets. Um, if their pets peed or pooped or, you know, uh, have diarrhea, anything like that. But, um, if there's anything concerning, then we will definitely get on a phone call with the client or I will even text directly. Um, and my walkers are great too. My walkers will know to, to shoot me a text or send me a phone call if they know there's something that's a little bit concerning. Um, and then I will shoot out a phone call or a text to my client, you know, depending upon if I know if they're working or not, um, you know, because I don't want to, you know, mess up their work day with yeah. a phone call, but I will shoot them a text <laughs> at least and tell them to give me a call and we'll discuss it. And it's totally right. right. It's totally each individual situation. You don't want to be an alarmist. Um, if, if, you know, if it's a scenario where it's an emergency, of course, but, um, if it's something that can wait until a little later that day, then, you know, then you wait. Um, just totally depends upon the situation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really, you can't underestimate or undervalue the power of a simple photo, uh, these days. When it gives you an example of what's going on, it gives a timestamp of when you took it, right? So if any questions start to arise, you've got, that. Yes. <laughs> you've got that to cover you and then to share as well. Because a lot of times we might forget or not remember, oh, was it three? Was it four that day? Let me go back, check the software. Then I can check photos and see how things go. It, it really does help a lot in those situations, especially if you're trying to piece together or communicate something that may be time sensitive if the dog has as having a reaction to something that could be medication or maybe they ate something different. It, it, those, those little things really do help you whenever you're trying to communicate to a client and then they give surety to your client because they know what's going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even beyond that, the clients love the pictures, you know, that that's for, for the clients to have that peace of mind of not just getting a text, letting them know that the dog had a, a great walk and they, they did their business and, but you know, to see their dog is really like excited and having a great time. Like that client can relax by the poolside or, you know, they might be having a stressful day at work, but my clients will tell me all the time, I love these pictures. I'm having such a rough time at work. And then this picture pops up on my phone and puts a smile on my face. They just look mm. forward to it. Right. Yeah. And it's really heartwarming to go into a client's home and you see the photo that you took and it's framed or it's on the the refrigerator oh, yes, you're like oh it. yeah <laughs> that happens all the time i find that a lot of the pictures that i take um end up on the wall or as the facebook post yes. for the clients the social and, media you yes. know post that's their new profile picture exactly it's yeah it's very sweet it's very sweet <laughs> so both of you have this background in pets and uh, have lifelong lovers of, of pets how did you start a business and why did you decide it was, it was time to get into pet care? Oh, gosh. Um, well, um, I'll speak for myself in saying that, um, you know, I did take a break for a little bit to raise my kids. I was a stay-at-home mom. So, you know, after working on the horse farms and grooming for many years, um, I did um, stay home with them and, and raise them for a while. And then, and then it was time for me to start making that money again. Um, and this was just the, the best route for me was, mm. you know, I was kind of just blending back into something that I was, um, very used to doing. Um, I was very comfortable doing, it was just a matter of really 
just getting myself licensed and insured and, and making up a business name for myself. Um, you know, and, and what was great about it is in the beginning, when I first started out, I was able to, you know, pop out, you know, do some walks, pop back home and check on my daughters. You know, they were older at the time. So it's not like I couldn't leave them, but I didn't want to leave them for, you know, for the hour work week plus, you know, plus commuting time. So this was really, this was really awesome. I could take them to school and do a couple walks and, you know, then go back home and have a cup of coffee, <laughs> go back out for a few more walks. So it was really good because I really had the ability to be there for my kids and take them to their, you know, to their friend's house on the way to, to, to walk a dog or even just, you know, watch a dog in my home and make some money that way while I was cooking dinner, you know? So, um, you know, it was definitely, it made the most sense for me. Uh, my answer is going to mirror Christina's. Uh, mine is very much the same. So essentially, I, uh, you know, I was working at the animal hospital, animal shelters, uh, you know, and then, you know, took a break for a while while I was uh, raising my family. When everybody was back to school full time, it was like, OK, now, now mom has to go back to work. Mm. Uh, and I did think about going back into working as a veterinary technician for somebody, but I decided that I didn't want that nine to five schedule. Uh, I wanted to be there for my kids. So very similar to Chris in, in a way that I decided to kind of be my own boss. Uh, and that comes with its own challenges, but you can also take the jobs that make sense for you and work it around your family. So, so there's a very good balance there. Yeah. Now, now Jen, you mentioned the challenges that come with this. What were some of the unexpected challenges when you started that you maybe didn't foresee or you never expected for you to have to overcome? Uh, well, I would say when I first started out, um, you know, it was just me. Uh, we, I started out small. Uh, it would, you know, I would take some walks and then, you know, those people would tell their friends, hey, Jen's great. And uh, it was so great. And I would be like, OK, I'll take one more. Okay, I'll take one more. And then it got to a point of, you know, my schedule got very full uh, and I was working a lot. But as much as I was working, I could never fulfill the amount of hours that my clients would have really liked. Mm. Um, so it, that was definitely a challenge in the beginning before I started hiring um, some help uh, to essentially be able to cover more shifts and be able to um, cover more of the, the client requests. Those days where you start growing and you start having to say no, or you feel guilty that you're having to turn people away because you're booked. And that's always a good yes. thing, right? We, we, we like being booked. We like being full, but it means that you're going to have to say no to some people. And that, that, right. that, can, yes. that can absolutely grate at you and feel like, oh, I'm not actually serving the people I want to. And you start to have these kind of questions of, of what's the next step or how do I get past this? Exactly. Exactly. I think that really puts you in the position of, you know, you have to make a decision one way or the other. You're either going to turn these wonderful clients away, you know, or you are going to step it up and, you know, be brave and hire your first pet sitter right. um, to help you out. And I will say that once I finally decided to hand over the reins and, um, you know, hired my first pet sitter, um, and she's just awesome. And I never have to worry about her. She's always where she needs to be. Um, then, yeah, you know what? It's a great thing because now I work a little bit, you know, in the business. Um, I work mostly on the business. And, um, you know, and now my pet sitters, you know, do a fantastic job running around and doing everything that I used to do. Um, actually, before I, before I hired my first pet sitter, the reason why I ended up hiring someone is I broke two bones. I broke my finger and my shoulder blade. Oh. And, um, and within two hours I had walks, I had a lot of walks. So, um, guess what I did? I took some Advil and I went out and I did those walks and I was just thanking God that I didn't break my ankle. Um, but it was very trying time, you know, a very difficult three months of, of not healing well because I couldn't have, um, you know, bed rest, like the doctors ordered. Mm. Um, so, you know, after hobbling around, you know, for three months in casts and, you know, I finally said this will never happen again. And the next time I break bones, I will have I will have pet sitters, but not a single not a single visit was missed. I, I did all of my pet sits, and I was very very busy. I had like fourteen houses a day. Um, some of them were you know you know three per day, but I had about fourteen stops per day. It was in the summer vacation care on top of daily dog walks. So it was a you know 
it was a come to God moment of, yeah, I better make a decision. And I wish I had made the decision before I broke the bones, but you know, really sometimes, sometimes your hand is forced a little bit, but right. um, now, you know, now I don't say no to anybody unless they're out of our service area or it's a client that might be a little bit too difficult for our walkers to handle, um, you know, an aggressive dog. We don't take those, um, you know, but other than that, it's, it's, it's great. It's great having a staff, a team of people yeah. that can really help us out. And, you know, I went to the beach the other day and Yes, I still checked it on my phone, you know, periodically. I'm a little bit um, obsessed with checking. But, you know, I was on the beach and I had a good time. And my staff was running around and doing the walks for me. So, there's, yeah, it's nice to have a little bit of time for yourself. Absolutely. no, Nobody can continue doing working seven days a week um, and be able to provide the great quality care without having some breaks. So having having a team, essentially being able to cover all those shifts you're, you know, providing great care to your clients. You're not burning out, which means you can provide great care to your clients. Exactly. And then, and then your, then your walkers and sitters also get a break too, because then we have backup sitters for the sitters. So, mm-hmm. you know, if they want to, you know, take a day off and go to the beach, we have another great, you know, pet care provider. They'll come in and take care of the pets. Right. Uh, you know, Christina, did you have, what bones did you break to convince you it was time to hire? Um, or did you have a different hire? <laughs> well, I, I, well, Chris is the one that broke her bones. Oh, sorry. Okay, so so Jen, sorry, sound a lot alike. So I, Jen, I didn't break any bones, but I did get to a point of my kids essentially just, "Mommy, you don't love us anymore." It, it, you know, it, it pulled on my heartstrings. Right. You know, trying to explain to little ones that you know working is is loving them, of course, but there's got to be that balance. So, yeah. so for me, it was just essentially wanting so badly to provide the 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 um the amount of visits that my clients wanted um but also you know wanting you know to to be with my children and having to take take a step back and say I can't always do these weekends visits or I may need to take a day off because my kids have a tea party at school that I want to go to so right. now instead of having you know one or the other I can have my time with my kids, but the clients can also have their pets cared for. So it's a win-win. Every, everybody wins. Have you heard of Time to Pet? Dan from NYC Pooch has this to say. Time to Pet has been a total game changer for us. It's helped us streamline many aspects of our operation, from scheduling and communication to billing and customer management. Uh, we actually tested other pet sitting softwares in the past, but these other solutions were clunky and riddled with problems. Everything in Time to Pet has been so well thought out. It's intuitive, feature-rich, and it's always improving. If you are looking for new pet sitting software, give Time to Pet a try. Our listeners get 50% off your first three months by visiting timetopet.com slash confessional. What makes a good staff member for you when you think it's time to either bring somebody else on or expand into a different area? What What are some of the characteristics that you look for that fit with how you operate and your your reasons why you're in business? Um. Well, definitely attention to detail. Uh, one of the things that I do when I first post out um, a help one to the ad is at the bottom of the, the description of the job. Um, I will say. Um, you know, please call or text and I'll put my phone number uh, to be considered for the position. So to be honest with you, that really weeds out about 98% of the applicants. Hmm. And I get a lot of applications, um, but that weeds that weeds a decent amount out already. So hmm. just attention to detail. Um, and all those people just clicked on apply and they didn't even read through um, through my ad enough to see that they had to phone call or text in order to be, um, in order to be, uh, uh, considered for the position. So that's the first thing that I do. Um, and then obviously in the, in the ad, I do state that we walk in all weather conditions, um, whether it's, you know, sleet or freezing cold or, you know, the, the hottest, you know, summer day, um, we walk in it all, um, and we walk for extended periods of time. So we do try to find somebody who is active, who doesn't mind working in the weather, that they like the dogs well enough that, you know, even a miserable weather, they're they're okay with it. They don't love it, but they'll stay on the job. I think it's easy enough for somebody to walk 
you know, uh, 15-year-old beagle down the street in the nicest weather. Uh, but as soon as they get a, you know, German Shepherd puppy jumping up on them in the sleet, you know, that's when when they might quit. So <laughs> I do, you know, I do definitely try to weed through people just in the in the application process. But then as soon as they sit down, I usually get a pretty good feel for the type of person that they are. Are they warm? Are they engaging? Um you know, I do look at some physical characteristics as, as well. And I do feel for myself, you know, if they take care of themselves enough, um, where I feel as though they are presentable enough for the, the meet and greet with me, the interview, that then hopefully they'll be presentable enough for the clients. Um, because ultimately the clients are hiring us, but they're also hiring our pet sitters. Um, so we do want to make sure that yeah. they are you know, um, they're representing exactly. our company in, in, a, in a good way, for sure. You know, there's there's definitely those uh, those lines there, you know. Uh, but yeah, just like Chris said, like, you know, you want somebody who uh, is, of course, great with animals, not just dogs and cats. But we, we get a wide range of different types of pets that people uh, need care. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, they not only have to be loving with the pets, uh, but they have to be people people because we're greeting with the people first and yeah. without essentially getting in their front door and having that good repertoire with the client, uh, they're not going to want us back to care for their pets. So so having great people skills on top of animal skills is super important. Like Chris said, detail oriented. Yes. You know, our clients want their pets cared for in a very specific manner. Um, every single one of our clients have detailed instructions that they want um, carried out to a T. And that is the kind of service that we provide. So essentially, if, if a pet sitter comes in and they're not reading the um, the details first and they're giving the wrong medication, that would be a disaster. So having somebody who's really um, going to take care of the client's pets, they're going to take care of the client's homes, maybe do those extra little things like water the plants. If, you know, if they step inside the home and there's a little mud, make sure they clean that off, wiping off the dog's paws. Just all those careful details that that show our clients that we we care about their pets. We care about their home. It's, you know, like Chris, Chris said, it's, it's one of those things. Just the smallest detail. I do the same thing. I'll, I'll put post an ad and, you know, I'll say, please don't comment questions on this post, whether it's a Facebook post or whatever. Please just reach out directly. So when people start commenting on the post, mm. I immediately say, you know, this person already just started out and they're already uh, not impressing me with their details, you know. <laughs> Uh, right. It does. It gives you that first little peek into their personality. Exactly. Or how long it takes them to return a text or a phone call is the next step before you even sit down for an interview. Um, you know, you can tell a lot, a lot about a person by how quickly they respond. Are they are they interested in the job? Um, because it doesn't seem that way if it takes them, you know, two days to respond to a simple text. Right. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, we, we try to filter them out a little bit before we sit down and do that meet and greet with them. Um, a first initial interview. Um, and then I, you know, then I usually bring them here with my crazy dogs and watch, try to, you know, harness them up and take them for a walk. And I'll walk with them and just make sure that they uh, are comfortable handling two dogs of different sizes walking down the street. and. You know, it gives us an opportunity to chat a little bit more about life and um, see what they're looking for um, out of, you know, out of our business and, and why they're looking for work and how long they plan on staying. Um, and obviously, we hope that it's a good fit. But if it is something where we feel like um, they're not the best fit, it's best to just go off of our first initial gut reaction. I feel that both of us have made the mistake of hiring out of absolute need, um, where we felt to ourselves, okay, you know, this person's a nice person, but there's a little something that we just don't like, but we're going to overlook it. Um, I think we've both realized that you cannot do that. You yeah. have to hire off of absolute instinct. Yeah. Um, if you really absolutely love the person, you can hire them on the spot. And if there's something just nagging at you or bothering you, just let it go because it's going to only bite you in the rear end afterwards. Well, I think that gets to another aspect of bringing on staff. It's not just the need for help in the field and doing the walks and drop-ins. It's now on us to be managing them and have some oversight. So is that something that, that, you, that you both found came naturally to you, or did you have to kind of grow into managing people? 
I'm a, I'm a people people. So I, I feel like I do pretty well with, um, I wouldn't say managing people, but reading people and wanting to make people happy and comfortable. comfortable. So, so for me, uh, you know, I feel like, yeah, starting out with having, uh, you know, some new people on and just trying to manage what their wants and likes and dislikes are, because we're all individuals. So you can have a great sitter, but you know, they have personality traits that may not be a great fit for a particular client or, you know, or particular pet. So, so really essentially uh, just managing where, you know, you want to make sure that everybody's happy. And that's kind of a very, uh, it's a fine balance there. You know, you want your sitters to be happy. You want your clients to be happy. And every, if everybody's happy, then you have a really well-run business. Um, but it is, it's a fine balance um, to, to keep that uh, going that way. Christina, I know that one of the services that you offer is overnight care in a client's home. And, and I've noticed a big increase in requests for that. Not just oh, in yes. our area, but across, you know, across all the Facebook groups and everything. It's a growing demand. And so I did want to pick your brain a little bit on, on how you make that work and, and still make sure that it's worth you and your staff's time. Uh, sure, absolutely. Um, well, I will say that I seem to be um, priced a little bit higher than some of my competitors. Um, but that doesn't bother me too much because I don't have... Um, tons of staff. So I have currently uh, two people that will do overnights for me. Um, so they certainly, you know, the client certainly does have to book in advance um, because I may not be available and we will obviously offer other services as well. Um, but, you know, with COVID shutdowns, you know, a lot of people have adopted dogs that maybe haven't had dogs in the past. Maybe, maybe they don't have tons of pet experience. And also just the pets have been very used to the client being home all the time. Um, so now there's an anxiety on the part of the client and an anxiety on the part of the pets um, to have somebody there almost 24-7. Now, I would say that most uh, pet care providers do not offer 24-hour um, care. That would be very, very expensive um, and time-consuming. Um, so usually it's a few visits per day. Um, and then if someone does offer it, it's overnight. Um, so we will do 9.30 p.m. to 7.30 a.m. overnight care. Um, and that does cover the late night visit and the early morning visit, which would, of course, include fresh water and feeding if needed, um, as well as, you know, backyard playtime or, you know, walk up the street um, in the evening when you get there and then in the morning before you leave. And then the client can decide how many stops throughout the day uh, they want to add to that. Um, so that that way their pets are comfortable and happy. Mm. Um, so I do only have two pet sitters that do that though. Mm. It is a, it is a tough, um, it's a tough sell for the pet sitters. So the pet sitters have to make enough money on the house. Um, and you know, it depends. I mean, sometimes they want to be in their own house at night. Um, so I think it does, it's a tough, it's a tough market. Um, but I do think that, (sighs) Let me, let me, me you know, I would, I would say, uh, you know, I have the same issue. I have, you know, a few more team members uh, than Chris does right now. Uh, But I only have a few that are willing to do overnights. And most of that's because, uh, you know, a lot of my sitters are like me, uh, you know, middle-aged women with kids. Uh, You can't sleep over somebody else's house because, you know, you have kids that need you. But the other ones, maybe whether they have their own pets uh, that they have to care for, they don't want to leave their own dogs. Or they have maybe sleep issues, you know, sometimes you're just not going to sleep as well in somebody else's home. So it's definitely, I see the trend of a lot more people looking for overnight care than they ever have before, but there's definitely, uh, it's, it's a harder position to fill and you do have to pay your sitters well enough to make them, to make it worth your while. And sometimes in a sense, like for me, I find that, um, doing that, I'm actually, making less, but if I'm going to make my clients happy by paying my team member a little bit more so that they'll sleep over the house, I may be making less, but overall, everybody's happier. Yes. Yes. I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah. It sounds like trying to find that, that sweet spot between the price that you're charging and the time that you're, that you're over there. So, so, so both of you do a a 9.30 PM to 7 AM. And I think those times are, are really crucial to, Right to to make sure that we're capturing enough of the overnight, but not going into a a twelve hour overnight or anything like that. 
I, I think I think the reason why I do I do structure in a way that the client can modify it. You know, obviously it's going to cost them a little bit more, um, but the client can modify it if they wanted a longer period of time. Um, but this is actually great a great time frame because this allows our sitters to also take care of other vacation care clients. Mm. So normally vacation care clients are like three times a day. Um, you know, early morning, later in the evening, and then you know midday stop. So that way, our pet sitters are able to bounce around, make their money, you know, during the day, and um, and then still make a little bit more money capping that off to basically sleep over at a client's home at night. So absolutely, um, you can balance the pet sitters' schedule a little bit more because essentially, if you were to stay over t- for too long, then you would have to compensate your pet sitter for all the visits that they couldn't do right. um, somewhere else. Exactly. So yeah, for sure. It's, you know, it, and it is, you it's know, a fine balance. Most people who do the overnights will you know, they also choose like a midday and dinner visits as well. So we're at the house a lot. The dogs have lots of company uh, and, you know, they're, they're happy. Yeah. And the clients are usually, you know, willing to pay for great pet care. So, um, you know, we do have clients that, that don't want it at all and, and it's not in their budget, but the, the clients that, that do want it, they yeah. usually have no problem paying for it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I believe both of you kind of have both of your businesses set up and structured very similarly. So I am curious w- w- why you didn't decide to go into business together and, and instead operate two separate businesses. Well, essentially, it's just uh, geographical. You know, we mm-hmm. both we both live in different areas. Um, so it would, we would have to be humongous to be able to serve the same area. Uh, so, you know, this works out great in a sense. We can each have our own, um, our own business, but we do, um, the reason why our businesses are so alike is first of all, like we grew up the same. Our personalities are very similar. Um, but really between the two of us, we figured out what works and what doesn't, mm. you know, how can we provide the best possible uh, care for our clients, keep the price point, you know, at a, a reasonable level where it's competitive with, uh, you know, not just every pet sitter out there, because, you know, we don't really compare ourselves with, with like hobby sitters and things like that, but competitive with other professional pet care providers, you know, and then tweaking our businesses so that we can um, find, like you said, those sweet spots where we're, we're doing these things, um, making everything run smoothly. And, um, you know, we, we troubleshoot a lot, you know, if something's working or not working, you know, we'll call each other up and say, Hey, listen, what do you think about this? Or, Oh, you know, maybe Chris has tried something that I haven't tried yet or vice versa. Uh, so, you know, that's, it just kind of worked out that way that through back and forth, back and forth, we, we just, uh, started, you know, making our business structures very similar. Yeah. It sounds like you're able to bounce, you know, you said bounce ideas off of each other. And I think that that is really important in this industry when we can feel so alone or so disconnected from others that we should be reaching out for help and, not many of us have uh, a twin sibling to do that with that's in the same industry, uh, but we have you know people that are still operating in our town that we should be reaching out to, should be building community with as a way to start problem solving. You know, I love how you said that of, well, I have this problem, how have you solved it, or, or, or this thing's going on, how should we price this? Like, right. Just having somebody to bounce ideas off of is really powerful for us because it, it helps us know that we're not alone and struggling and dealing with these things. And it helps us progress and learn faster when we have someone along our side. Right. Oh, absolutely. And somebody else who kind of understands that same uh, type of problems that you're having. You know, uh, you can complain to, you know, a spouse or a friend, you know, about your your day, but nobody besides another, whether it be a pet care provider or, you know, maybe another groomer or something that's in some kind of a similar uh, business uh, where essentially you're dealing with so many different types of clients, personalities, and pets. Where essentially you have to make everybody happy. So, so it's, it's not like having one boss. It's like having 500 bosses and everybody, everybody needs something different from you. <laughs> well, how, how do you, how do you handle that demand on your attention and your space when we have so many people that we're trying to placate and satisfy every day? Well, I think, I think what's great about it is, uh, especially with the software, um, we use the time to pet. Um, you know, the clients really do a lot of the work for us. 
um, when they um, when they sign on for pet care, um, they do fill out a pretty detailed profile um, as to where everything is kept in the house. Any special instructions if the you know the dog or the cat have you know sensitive area that they don't like to be touched. Um, so the software definitely helps us to um, share information um, between ourselves and the pet sitters that are going to the house. Um, so that's certainly, that's certainly helpful. Um, because before we go into the house, we can, um, view the the entire profile and say, okay, you know, two scoops of kibble and, you know, a half a teaspoon of wet food mixed in with a dollop of water, uh, for this particular house. So it's very helpful and useful because, you know, every client is different. Um, and you know, for the most part, most houses are relatively similar in the in the sense that yes, everybody gets a you know fresh bowl of water. We're making sure that you know all of the gates are properly locked and the house is locked. Um, mm. But um, you know, definitely, definitely having the software is very, very important for having yeah. this many clients and having yeah. an active staff running around and you know yeah. sharing pet sets and. You know, you certainly couldn't have files on, uh, you know, on all of these people bouncing back and forth. So, um, you know, it is very easy to take care of clients that have specific needs um, and wants. Um, and, you know, there are times that we will make sure that, you know, a specific client gets, you know, um, a certain walker because I happen to like that walker. But for the most part, um, all of our walkers are able to um, handle all of our clients' needs. and. And um, let me think. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially what Chris said. You know, the software is a great way to kind of streamline things. Um, I think of the software as like a a mini manager for me. Before I had the software, it just, uh, it it was a struggle to kind of keep on top of everything. So that that cuts down sometimes. But also I think just allow, having some boundaries as well is really important. You know, I do tell my clients, listen, I am here for you if you need you can reach me anytime, but, but having those boundaries where, you know, clients are not calling and texting you every hour of every day, mainly like, you know, after business hours, I do ask them, you know, request services through the app or whatnot. And we are here if you really need us for an emergency or something. Right. Uh, but yeah, definitely you gotta, you gotta have some boundaries with uh, not only your clients, but, but your, you know, pet care providers that, that work for you, um, you know, where everybody kind of knows their role and uh, what is expected of them. Those boundaries are, are so critically important to not just our mental and emotional health, but as you said, as, as our staff as well, if we have staff, making sure that they have proper boundaries set up around them. And that's kind of like I guess part of our job as managing and overseeing them is is mm-hmm. structuring it such that that they they have that and they have space in their days and they they have those levels of communication and support that they need. Right. Uh, yes, and, and they they feel supported. I feel support is very very important. Um, an example I have like one of my great uh, pet sitters. Um, the other day she called me up frantic at seven o'clock the other morning and I said you know I locked my key out of the house and and she was actually an overnight sitter. Um, and she's like, I, you know, lock myself out of the house. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, you know, and sometimes you just need someone to just like ground you a little bit. I'm like, okay, breathe. It's okay. You know, and just, you know, going through everything. Okay. You know, did you check this? Did you check that? Okay. Let's try, let's try to pull the door handle, you know, as you're turning the key. And, you know, and she was in such a frenzy because she was so upset that she, you know, was maybe a little tired, um, and, and missed something. But then she was like, she felt so better. She's like, oh, I didn't think about that. Thank you so much. You know, I was, I was so panicked. And, and I think it's very important to understand and realize that these pet sitters, you know, are just like you, just like you started out. Um, you know, sometimes we make mistakes and, and we hope that those mistakes that we make are, you know, very minimal. Um, and I usually will always tell the, the pet sitters too, you know, um, that work for me. Don't worry about it. It's okay. You know, um, you know, nobody, I, I always say, and it sounds awful, like nobody died. <laughs> and I say this, I say this to kind of put the perspective over certain things. Yeah. Um, when somebody's upset over something, I'm like, nobody died. It's okay. Let's, let's breathe. Let's think about this. Yeah. So I do feel that it's important to be there for your pet sitters and to be compassionate and understanding uh, rather than jumping down their throat if they made a mistake. 
um, or if they yeah. forgot something, just gently remind them yeah. um, and let them know, you know, it's okay. You know, just remember next time and yeah. let's see how we can fix this with the client. You know, maybe let's just say for an example, you know, the dog, you know, got out of the crate because, you know, pet sitter forgot to double check that the crate was, was locked and the dog made a mess in the house. Okay. How, how can we fix this? We obviously, we apologize. And, you know, we comp, you know, we comp, you know, a couple of pet visits uh, to the clients and, and clean up. And, you know, obviously if there's any damages, we go through our insurance. Um, but you know what, even the best of pet sitters can make a mistake. Yeah. Um, so I, I do find that we're just compassionate and human. Um, just like we would want someone to be compassionate and human to us. Um, I think that we just have a much better working team um, and people that are happier to work for us for sure. because they have yeah. that we ha- they have that support um, or the sisterhood between between the walkers to say, okay, you know, yeah. um, I got you your know, back. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I got your back. You know, it's okay. Um, yeah. So, and, and I, I, I do find that, you know, if someone were to make a mistake, I do find that they generally don't make that mistake again. Um, yeah. because they themselves have learned from the mistake. Yeah. So they it's usually, and it's yeah. usually something very small. It's usually something very it's, small. It's, like it's just, something very small. So yeah, something you can definitely overcome and, and not an issue. Yeah. 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 You, you definitely have to support your team. If they don't feel supported, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, team member or pet care provider that feels uh, well compensated for their time, they're given breaks, they're you know, understood. they're understood. They're going to take much better care of your clients um your clients are going to be happy and you're happy and they're so going to stay it's yeah, a great gonna, balance and they're going to stay a lot longer which is what our clients want they want consistency with the pets of theirs when we when we look at the mistakes that we make and i think you know you do, do a great job of trying to remember to put that into perspective of either a what the mistake could have been or what could have happened or the other mistakes that are you know of the of the million and a half mistakes that can happen in any given day right? Like most of them are of inconsequence or most of them are just a minor inconvenience as opposed to a major life or death situation. Now we have to prepare for those and we have structures and we have policies and procedures to prevent those kind of things, but accidents still happen. You know, we're living or we're dealing with living and breathing animals that are still unpredictable a lot of the times right. and even even clients <laughs> that, that can be unpredictable or oh, uh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I had a, I had a situation once, which which was funny. Um, my, my regular walker wasn't available for the job. Um, so I went, you know, because we never miss a visit and I had just colored my hair. So, you know, she saw me on the rain camera and she's like texting me and then she's calling me. She's like, I don't know who's at my house, you know? And she was like flipping out. Now this is a client, a long-term client of mine. Um, and I, was, I tried to be understanding as she's screaming and hollering over the phone that there's a stranger at her house. And I'm like, it's me. And I'm standing in front of the, I'm standing in front of the ring camera, like pointing to the phone that I'm speaking to her at the moment <laughs> and pointing to my hair and pulling my hair. I'm like, look, I colored my hair. It's me. It worked. And she's like, oh my gosh. She's like, I'm so sorry. I think someone was breaking in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know, but it's like, it's one of those things where to be, to be honest with you, like she was like really raw in and I could have let that client go like at that moment and said, mm. yeah, I'm sorry. Like we, well, I'm not going to be talked yeah, to yeah. that way, but right. you know, you I mean, also understand that people are people and maybe she was yeah. you know, going through something yeah. difficult. So she apologized obviously yeah. after that. So, but yeah, clients can have their bad days too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, it, there's, there's a good balance for everything, you know? Pet Perennials makes it easy as a one, two, three to send a heartfelt condolence gift directly to someone with a broken heart. They have this awesome direct-to-client gift service that takes the effort off of us and ensures a thoughtful, personalized sympathy gift reaches our client or employee. Now, all gift packages include a handwritten card, colorful gift wrap, and shipping fees across the U.S. and Canada. They're releasing an array of milestone gifts and greeting cards throughout the rest of this year that can be sent to celebrate birthdays, extend get well wishes, and welcome new or even rescued pets. They also have a few gift options in case you need to send a sympathy gift in memory of a special human client. If you're interested, register for a free account and receive a discounted package pricing rather than pay consumer prices. Since the service is leveraged on an as-need basis, there are no monthly or annual obligation or minimum purchase prices. 
Learn more and register using the link down in the show notes and enter the referral code PSC at registration. You will then be given a unique coupon code to save $2 off any packages you send in your first 90 days. When you're working together and you're sharing these experiences and you are kind of partnering together to solve problems, I, I know how I am with my siblings, right? Is there ever any sibling rivalry or uh, things that come up together whenever you are are working this kind of closely in the same field? Um, no, not at all. I mean, when we were kids, you know, who had to clean the room? But you know, yeah, no. As we used to share whores, and there was we would go and clean the barn, and you know, this one would will leave the broom someplace, or you know, uh, it actually works out really well for us, I think, because. We can bounce ideas off of each other. We have very similar businesses uh, and everything, but we're not actually in the business together. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, maybe there would be a little more sibling rivalry if we were actually doing it together. I but don't think so. I don't think so. I think that we would probably, you know, work very well together, you know. But, um, yeah, so we're, you know, we're kind of too far apart to be rivals on anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I'm not, you know. I'm not, I don't worry about anyone else's business. We have a lot of pet care providers around us. Mm. And, you know, I just work with the clients that reach out to me. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm happy for the other pet care providers that, um, you know, that work in the area and, and people, you know, reach out to them. So whatever works, a good fit for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love how you, you address that. And the reason I bring that up is because one of the dangers that we can get in in business is start comparing ourselves to others and how the other people are doing. And so uh, it's nice to hear that because you're working so closely together, but not in the same business, you, you are able to bounce ideas off each other like this and work more in this partnership. So what what advice would you give, though, to people who struggle with comparing themselves to others and feel like everybody else is doing it better than they are. You know, I think focusing on what you do well is most important. You know, I, I think it's a great idea to, to look around, you see what's working for other people, if you want to implement that in your business or not. But, but essentially it's your business. It's your, it's your baby in a sense, you know, you have to do what works well for you because that's you're, you're, going to do best at you. Um, you know, you try to do how other people are doing it. They're, they're doing it that way because that's what's best for them. That's what works well for their family life. Their family life could be completely different. Um, the, the structure of their business is a little different, but you're seeing the outside. You're not seeing how they've structured the inside. You're not seeing the vacations maybe that they have missed um, or, you know, the way that they're advertising or what they're spending on advertising or whatnot. So, so when you start comparing yourself or your business with, uh, with others around you without actually seeing in depth, how they're, they're even running their business, it's just a bad idea. Yeah. You know, you're just going to get all these bad feelings without even, um, you know, understanding, um, uh, how, how the differences, uh, are going to work for you or work against you. Right. You know, um, you're better off just, being confident in your own abilities, working off of that. And, you know, people see your confidence. People see that, uh, you know, what you're doing or what you're, you know, doing well is what they want. And if it's not what they want, then they'll, they'll go with somebody else. But that other business and, you know, isn't what, you know, the next person wants and they'll come to you. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I think it's almost like comparing yourself to an Instagram model in a way. You know, you, you see all these beautiful Instagram pictures and, and you look at them and you think that they have a fabulous life with a fabulous house and cars and, and you wish that you were with them, but then you don't see what's behind uh, closed doors. You don't see what, what their life is really like. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a very dangerous thing. And I think if you just focus all your energy um, on your own business, rather than worrying about what everyone else is doing. Um, you'll have a much better time and, and you'll grow your business that much faster. Yeah, I think there is a very fine line between looking at what other people are doing so that we can learn and that we can kind of see the state of the industry or how people are pricing or what kind of services people are doing versus, you know, that can easily flip into comparing and feeling uh, like we don't belong or we're not enough or what we're doing everything mm -hmm. and we're just kind of making it up as we go along that we, we do need to 
be reaching out to people and we do need to be building community and, and, and but, but viewing people more as community and not competition in that, in that sense right. and, and actually right. getting, getting help and being a help to others. Yeah. Right. There, there, <clears throat> there's a balance for everything for sure. And you know, you can, you can have a good relationship. I know a bunch of other professional pet sitters in my area. Now, are we competition? Sure. We're friendly competition now. You know what? We all do our own thing. Um, you know, we have, we have our boundaries. Like we don't Facebook friend each other. We don't like each other's pages, but you know what? If I have a client request come in and I can't service them, I'll send it to them, you know, and say, Hey, you know what? You can take this client. I can't help them. Um, you know, I never bad mouth another business in my area, even if I don't necessarily agree with their policies or, or what they do, because Ultimately, I believe that my business will shine out. Um, so I stick with really uh, staying very positive. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you can you can have a really great balance where you um, you know you are in a community where there's lots of other pet care pro- providers, um, and in a sense they are a competition. Yeah. But you don't view them that way. You just view them as other people that do the same thing that you do, and they're all trying to feed their families. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's no. just doing the best that they can do for themselves. Absolutely. I also have other pet sitters in the area that, you know, once in a while, if I can't take, you know, a boarding dog, I'll send her away and vice versa. Um, you know, we have nice chats on the phone here and there. We also bounce ideas back and forth. Um, and uh, I think it's nice. It does uh, form a sense of community and you feel like you are kind of in it with somebody else, um, even though even though you're both in the same industry. But it is one of those things, you know, whoever calls her, they're her clients. And whoever calls me, they're my clients. So it's not really, it's not really something that you even really need to worry about. Mm. Um, There's enough work for everybody. Exactly. Especially with with everybody going back to work uh, and And all these COVID COVID dogs. dogs. Yeah. (laughs) There's plenty of work. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone got a COVID puppy, which is, which is wonderful. But now they're going back to work and it's like, oh, my dog is so, so used to having somebody home. They're not getting the same exercise that they were right. getting. They're yeah. not, they're destroying the house. They're anxious. So that's where we come in. Yeah. yeah. So how, how are you addressing that? Cause I know that is a, a problem that is really rampant here in the United States, at least. And, and I know globally too, as people are having to adjust with their pets, are, have you changed anything about your marketing to, to people in your area or do they kind of already know they, they need help? You know, I think that, you know, that with COVID just coming out of the COVID shutdowns, I do think that, you know, both of us are trying to market a little bit more than we were um, just because we lost everybody. You know, all of the, the pet care industry um, lost and we pretty much have been sitting on, a, on our rear end. So I think that, you know, we have been definitely advertising. We are definitely seeing a lot more of the vacation care clients coming in um, mm. and the requests are coming in for that. Um, daily dog walking. We're hoping, you know, we're hoping by September when all the kids are back in school full time and people are getting back to work and the offices, we're hoping to get those daily dog walking clients back. Um, but right now we are focusing on those vacation care clients and the people coming out of the COVID lockdowns and they're excited to go, you know, go out and use their passports again and, and travel and go to, you know, Go overnight to wherever they're going. Yeah. So, so that's definitely that's definitely been keeping us busy. Mm -hmm. Um. So I'm not sure that we would necessarily need to advertise too much because there's definitely a need for and people are looking for you. But it's definitely important to you know to put your name out there so when somebody's actually looking, they your your name is in front of them and they can pick you from from another pet sitter. Having great reviews also has, yeah, you know, has a lot to do yeah, with it. Yeah, and you have a great reputation, great yes. reviews. You know, you can advertise a little bit so that you're there, but essentially that's yes. that's going to bring them in. Yes, word of mouth, definitely. I get a lot of clients through word of mouth. Um, or if I post on Facebook, mm-hmm. um, I will have, you know, 10 clients jumping on board and saying, oh, you know, Christina and the Scruffy Puppy are excellent. She's got an excellent mm-hmm. team. They took such great care of my pets. Um, so that's that in itself is advertisement because even if someone doesn't need you right now, they're going to remember your name and call you in the future and say, "Hey, you know, you were you were ever you know you were advertising on you know the fa- the local Facebook page right. and, and I saw I saw a lot of your clients you know talking great great about you. I'd love you to come over and meet my pets and take care of them." 
So I think just having, you know, very, uh, you know, high quality of pet care um, goes a long way. And after a while, people recognize that and just pass your name along. It's a reminder to that we need to be focusing on this delayed gratification when we're thinking about advertising and word of mouth is especially um, many people I know for at least just from our personal experience, they first came across our name six, maybe seven, eight months ago, and they just kind of put us in their back pocket because they weren't traveling. Uh, and then now, all of a sudden, they're 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 wanting to go places. They're needing us, and so it's this kind of this these all these people were were finding you in the background and kind of filing you away. And that happens constantly, right? People are constantly looking for these things, and even though they don't need you tomorrow, although that happens sometimes, these vacation clients that's a few months down the road, and so it it is it may feel like sometimes we're wasting our time when we're putting things out there or advertising. We're asking for these reviews. It may not feel like it's going anywhere. But it's all happening in the background, right? And th- people are are finding you, and then they're going to reach out when they need you. Absolutely, yeah. We, I, I am seeing uh, a lot of that actually. I always ask a potential client when they call me initially, or they message me, or, or email me. Hey, how did you find me? Because I want to know what avenue is working for me. So they'll usually say, "Oh, I picked up a card at the local bakery," or you know, leave my business cards around, or. Oh, I met you at a vendor fair that you did, or my neighbor told me. So, so I gather that information. Where did you find me? But hmm. many times people say that they, they found me in a lot of ways. Um, one time they maybe saw my sign somewhere, in, you know, down the street and they didn't think of it again. And then they saw me again, you know, at, at a fair or they, you know, they saw my, my Google ad. So, so essentially, it's like those touch points. You know, they, they've seen me in a couple of different places. And then now when they've seen that recommendation on Facebook or next door, they're like, oh, you know what? I have seen her cards around. Yeah, mm. she's she's an established pet sitter in the area. You know, I've heard her name brought up many times. So so it is um, it is one of those things. You're right. It's like somebody you'll hear about you or you can give a card to somebody a year ago um, at the gym. And that happened to me recently. I gave somebody at my at my local gym a, a card a year ago. They never called me. And then just recently, they're like, hey, I had your card. You know, do you remember me? And I, I did. Um, it, but, you know, you, you never know. They had that yeah. card sitting on the refrigerator for a year before they called yeah. me. But yeah. they didn't have a need before then. Absolutely. Now, you guys have been in business for a while, and and so I'm curious, uh, maybe what are some of your your favorite resources or favorite tools that you wish more pet sitters and dog walkers knew about and used? Hmm. Favorite resources and tools? Well, uh, I would say, you know, the internet is is great for, you know, any kind of, uh, you know, if you have uh, an issue or you know, problem to solve. You can go right on the internet or go right on Facebook uh, groups. There are a lot of Facebook groups for other pet sitters. So, you know, if, if you don't have an idea for how to solve a problem, it, it's there. You know, I think software for your business, huge thing. Like, you know, before I was using software, I was so squeamish about the extra fees, uh, you know, and learning the software. And it was a learning curve, but, you know, I think if I had started using these tools sooner, uh, you know, my business would have grown even more earlier. Mm. So that's something kind of, a, you know, a tool, you know, that, uh, you know, I use. But yeah, just different avenues of, of advertising and um, and whatnot. Um, and, you know, um, I do feel, yeah, I do feel like Facebook is great because Facebook is a free way to advertise. Um, and really, like Jen said, like, you know, passing cards around, always keep cards on you, no matter where you go, car wash or, you know, Costco, wherever you go, because I do pass my cards around. And like Jen said, you know, you may not hear from somebody for months, um, but then they pop up and you're like, oh, wow. Okay. I was disappointed that I didn't hear from them in a couple of days, but here they are. And they could turn into a, you know, one of your best paying clients. So it is, it is one of those things where you have to be patient and just keep, you know, watering that garden and, and eventually it's going to bloom and, and you're going to be very, very happy. Um, always just keep a positive attitude. Um, sometimes it can get tough, but just keep trucking through and, and do a great job with your, with your pets and making sure that, that you, that you don't lower your standards. 
at wall, even though when it's tough and, and you're rushing around and, yeah. you know, have a lot of pets sure. to get in, you make sure that you're at that house for the amount of time that you're supposed to be there yeah, and, and double check because, you know, excellent pet, pet care is where people are going to recommend you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and one of the things too, is like not just the tools for advertising or getting your name out there. Um, but you know, just tools of the trade, things that like are important to have extra leashes in your car, extra yeah. equipment in case you can't find something at a client's house or something breaks, having a medical kit in your car. You know, you never know when the dog's going to step on a piece of glass or something's going to happen. So, so those are important things to have, like kind of tools of the trade, just having, you know, medical supplies on hand in case of an emergency that you can, you know, prepare a wound before you bring the dog to the vet, you know, having um, extra equipment in your car, um, you know, those are, are definitely huge uh, pluses. And, you know, sometimes you just come across a, a dog running in the road. Yeah, that happens it's, often. Yeah. It's pretty often, actually. Yeah. It's nice to have that extra leash, yeah. extra treats in the car. Yeah. Um, and then for me, I, you know, I do recommend to the, the women that work for me is to have some kind of protection with them, whether they have a, you know, um, a little, uh, you know, uh, a spray, something to spray, you know, or a noise uh, alert or something like that, that they can keep with them when they're walking, uh, for safety. Cause you never know, there could be a, an aggressive dog that comes after you when you're walking or, you know, a, a person that's maybe dangerous. So, so it is important to have, um, some kind of pepper spray or, or some kind of protection that way. So another good tool to, to have if you're a pet sitter. Yes. Jen and Christina, I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I'm so happy to have you both on to talk about your history in pet care and to encourage us to to pay attention to our staff's needs and to continue to learn and give them grace when accidents happen and things go wrong uh, and, and that we should be reaching out to others and, and being involved in them and not comparing ourselves to them either. Um, I know that there's a lot more here that could be covered and people are going to have questions about um, both of your businesses though. So how can listeners get in contact with you, follow along and, and pick your brain on questions that they may have? Oh, well, absolutely. We absolutely enjoyed um, our time here as well. It was um, great. Thank you so much. Yes. If, um, if anyone needs to reach me, Christina at the Scruffy Puppy, I'm in Monmouth County. Um, they can reach me by phone, 732-520-0454. That's the best way to reach me. I always have my phone on me. Or they could check out my website, um, and that is scruffypuppypetcare.com, or just Google the Scruffy Puppy in Hazlitt. Um, and you can email me from there, or you can fill out um, a new client form, and I will get back to you very quickly. All right. And if you want to reach Jen at Jen's Happy Pet, uh, same thing. I always have my phone on me. Uh, not always a good thing, but it is for business. So uh, <laughs> just give me a call at 908-528-6253 or give me a text or you can always email me. Um, my website is uh, jenshappypets.com. It's Jen's Happy Pets with one N. So you can find me there, send me a quick email and uh, you can also uh, fill out a new client um, form and I'll be in touch shortly. Wonderful. And I'll have links to all of those and some of the other things that we've talked about in the show notes on our website. The listeners can click right to then. Again, Jen and Christina, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on Thank today. you so much for having us. It was fun. Thanks so much. Do you learn well from your mistakes? I know it usually takes me about three or four goes before it finally sinks in. What's really important, too, is not just realizing that we can learn from our own mistakes, but we can learn from the mistakes of others. And that's why when we have staff, when we have people working around us, we can totally learn from them and get their feedback and input. They're going to do things that we would never have thought to do. And then also learning from those other businesses around us. And as we discussed on the episode, there is that insanely fine line that goes from learning from others to comparing ourselves to them. We should never be comparing somebody else's middle or end our beginning and recognizing that everyone is on their own unique walk and their own unique stage in life and in business for their goals and for their reasons and their purposes, and that we should not confuse our own goals and objectives with somebody else's. Learn from them, get their feedback, get input on what you're doing and how you can improve 
but don't compare. That would be one of the worst things you could do. You're going to set yourself back. You're going to set yourself up for failure. You're going to start questioning everything that you do. You know your business. Trust your instinct. Get the help that you can and then execute and know that it's going to work out. We want to thank today's sponsors, Time to Pet and Pet Perennial for making today's show possible. And we really want to thank you for listening and for showing up every single week and sharing the episodes and giving all the wonderful feedback that you do. We'd love to know how you have learned from others and how you have wrestled with learning versus comparing yourself to others. You can send that to feedback at petsitterconfessional.com. Megan and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and we'll be back again soon.